Welcome to InfoSec K2K's The Keys to Your Digital Kingdom, your monthly cybersecurity update. Our industry-leading experts are here to offer insights into the latest trends, share their invaluable knowledge, and provide practical strategies to help you enhance your digital defenses and protect your most sensitive data. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of a new Keys to Your Digital Kingdom podcast. My name is Stefan and I'm your host today. In this podcast, we want to discuss cybersecurity-related topics and share insights with you from my experiences working with some of the largest organizations in the world. We will, for this, of course, have guests in the studio coming from our own expert teams or from our global partners. In today's episode, we want to talk about managed services, particularly in relation to cybersecurity and how you can make most use of it. For this, we have with us in the studio our own Philip. Philip has been working in this field for almost 10 years and brings a vast experience on today's topics by having worked with many organizations in this field. Philip, welcome to the studio and thank you for making time and sharing your experience with the listeners. Hi, Stefan. Thanks to be here. Now, let's take a look at today's topic, managed services or managed security services, which is managed services in relation to cybersecurity. Philip, why would you recommend companies to consume managed services? I think managed services is a very important topic for every company right now because you have so many different tools and it is difficult to keep up to date with all the tools, to learn all the new tools and so on. And their managed service can help and you buy in the knowledge you need. On top, you have the flexibility, basically. You can, if an application involves in the company, you can increase the amount of people working on, on the daily operation stuff. You can budget better your need and the actual employees of the company can more focus on developing creating new integrations, the concepts all around this, creating the workflows and so on. And they don't need to spend the them most time on daily operations. So you say one of the biggest benefits is that companies can focus on their actual work, their actual business, rather than having to take care of looking after their cybersecurity operations. Yeah, exactly. So I'm already thinking about things like people forgot the password, you need to reset passwords and all this stuff. You don't need a high qualified person to do this. You can use this and our first and second level support and don't need to use your people every day on it. Okay, you said resetting passwords as an example. For what tools or departments would you recommend companies to consume managed services? Is there any particular field where it makes most sense or is it more a general approach these days? I think you have all the classic uh, products where you can use them like workstations and all this stuff. But I think in the security, you have also quite a lot of different tools. You can use it to support your SOC team, the monitoring to find any behavior in inside of your business, any critical outage, whatever, and can alert people. You can take over the first and second level support on various tools. It can be in the security, it can be standard tools, it can be whatever IT software, I would say. And yeah, even like like EIM processes and all the stuff where you can standardize 
the workflows. If it's any particular, then you have to escalate it to internal people probably. But then you have, I think, 90% of the cases you can take care of with the managed service. So there is always still the need for internal people. As you said, there is a certain level of service that can be covered by a managed service provider. But in the end, you will still need at least a little extent in the company that will handle the most complex cases. Or is there also the way or the chance to outsource full operations? Yeah, I think outsourcing 100% might be for, especially for security tools, quite difficult because you need to take decisions inside of the company, some strategic decisions where an external company can always give you their experience and help and say how they would do it. But at the end, I think it's very important that a responsible person doesn't need to be somebody who is very technically deep into the application, but he needs at least to understand the concepts and take based on the future also decisions. And therefore, I think it is important to have internal people who take care maybe of more of the applications and they understand it, but don't need to take care in detail. That is the right approach, in my opinion. Right. So basically what we would be looking at is a split where as a company, you would get the technical experience, the technical operation and the day-to-day tasks from a managed services provider while you're taking care internally of your regulatory requirements and stuff, which I think brings us to an important topic, which is regulations, regulatory requirements. How do you see it in this field? Is that something that makes it even more important for companies to get external knowledge and services in? Or is that a field where you see that a managed service could struggle? Yeah, and on this side, I think we have various different laws in countries where you have regulations in place. And it is very important to have an internal person who understands the regulations and can take decisions, but he might not have the time to take the technical stuff. So as an example, if you take privileged account management, you have there very complex tools, which is technically very difficult to maintain and you need to spend time on it to understand everything, to troubleshoot and so on. And their managed service can bring a great value into it because, yeah, as, as I said, you, you spend your time on maybe third level support, on the concepts, on integrating with other departments and, and so on, other tools. And you have not the problem that one person, two persons needs to be trained very deeply and which takes quite a lot of time and the regulations are maybe quickly moving and you have the next thing coming up and the next thing. And then it might, might make sense to have those services in place to be flexible. Yeah, and I think this is also something we see a lot with the ever-changing regulations. It's very hard for our companies and our customers to keep track of these and make sure they're always compliant, which is also where a managed service can help because a managed service provider is always following these regulations. So they're always making sure they know what is coming up on regulations, what needs to be taken care of, and therefore can also help customers and clients to become more compliant in an easier way rather than if they were doing everything in-house. What's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, exactly. They have the experience of different customers, maybe, and can bring consult a little bit on top how or what the different options are. You can follow, keep those changes in place and to have the next audit successfully, because that, that is a very important thing. A lot of financial institutes, they are every few years audited. And yeah, it's very important for them to get past this audit and to have a successful audit, to not have everywhere findings where they have to work on. That is also with managed service on top. That is not only you're consuming basically people who are doing helping you every day. They bring in some experience. They can help you and not doing the classic consultant, but they can bring experience, best practices and so on in place. So we are also talking about optimizations and improvements in processes and operations with this, which can come through the experience of the managed service provider. What do you see as the biggest challenges when introducing a managed service, especially in the cybersecurity field? Yeah, I think, first of all, it is a communication thing. You need always to be very clear on the beginning of communications and so on. That's, yeah, response times, how the people can interact with the end users and all this stuff needs to be clear. Like, how do they get tickets? That is a very simple thing. But if you think more deeply about it, okay, do you use the ticket system of the managed service? Do you integrate it with your same, with your own ticket system? Or how, how are you doing this? How are you providing the information? Which information are you providing? Is it names, email addresses, contact numbers, uh, positions, and all this, this kind of information where GDPR is a quite important topic about? So there needs all of this needs to be covered and think of because some of the managed service are in very different locations than the company might be in. If we take an example of Europe, as a lot of companies are using managed service here, and the managed service company might be located in Great Britain, can be in India, can be somewhere else. So there is a lot of regulations regarding GDPR in place, and you need to take care on the legal side as well on these topics. The legal side is definitely a topic that needs to be considered, as you said, when it comes to transferring or even accessing customer data as a managed service provider. Even if you're not hosting or operating systems directly that host customer data, you might just have access to your personal information and definitely one of the big topics that need to be considered in this field. Apart from regulation, is there other things that you see like language or cultural barriers? That is a good point because you need also to consider that the managed service might be in English, for example. I, I would say the most managed services are running in English. And if you are on, on a German customer or a Spanish or a French one, it might be important to talk about this in which language they're going to communicate, how they're going to transfer information because yeah there might be people who are not speaking that well english or the documents in a company documentation workflow documentations all this stuff might not be in english so that needs also to to be taken in consideration if you are looking for a managed service company and another thing are third-party companies you are maybe using managed service but you are also other stuff outsourced is there any interaction needed between the companies 
how is this done? Is it also in, in English? Where is the communication? Where is it through the customer? Is it direct communication to the third party? Do they trust the other company and all this stuff? That is also an important topic to be taken in consideration. Yeah, definitely. A very important topic is language. That's what we see a lot, especially in the German-speaking world, but also in other areas of Europe. It is often expected by customers to be able to communicate with their providers in a local language, because as you said, there might be some people within the company that are not comfortable in communicating in English because they might be not necessarily afraid, but they might have concerns that they are not able to transfer their message accordingly to that provider and that there are certain blocking points then based on that because they cannot make clear what they want from the other side and vice versa. So definitely a topic to look into when you're considering managed services, consuming managed services. Is your organization capable of handling this in a different language potentially. I wanted to go back to SLAs because that is always a topic which is very important in managed services. What you usually see as a provider, you have different SLA levels. You'll know that, right? You got your daytime support, you got 24-7 and, and different SLAs and response times. Do you see a certain trend within companies to consume more like daytime support or more 24-7? And also, what do you see as requirements on the customer side if they were, let's say, go for a 24-7 support so they can actually consume that service on the other end? On the SLA side, we need to take it in two different topics. The first one is business-critical applications. That is, if, if we keep the, the example with the privileged account management, that is an application which is for most of the departments in the company very important because they need to access like service targets, passwords, whatever. And then you need to have a very high level of availability, which might end in 24-7 support. And that is difficult for a company to make it themselves. But on the managed service side, you have then to think of, is it really to have a person which can respond directly or is it then within 30 minutes, one hour or something like this, where they can respond on the weekend if you are doing upgrades and all this stuff. So that is something I think it's more important now like the 24-7 supports, because the regulations force some applications to become more critical for a company because it's very centralized systems typically. For other topics, the more general one, I would say if we are looking at not the security one, I think daily business hours might be sufficient for the most cases. If a laptop does not work correctly, a printer is not printing out your, your sheets, that can maybe wait until the next day. So that, that is not as critical as security-based uh, software. And if you take also the SOC and so on, you will not waste your time. If you have a finding in on the SOC level, then you will take your actions very soon. Thanks, Philip. Yeah, I think especially on the SLA side, what a company needs to consider is can they actually consume a very high response time or SLA time? Or if they can't, to which extent should the managed service then provide that service? Because 
a managed service also needs to be defined quite well. What is covered underneath that service? What is not covered? Where are the roles and responsibilities of each of the parties within this engagement? And it doesn't help, but we see this a lot, that customers are looking for 24-7 support with a very high SLA time because they have to due to regulatory requirements. But then the managed service is limited to a certain extent where the customer still needs to interact on the back end for a high critical incident, for example. If the customer doesn't have that organization in the back end to be able to respond on a Sunday night within 30 minutes to high critical incident, it doesn't make much sense to have a 24-7 managed service defined. So it's always both parties that need to be able to actually consume this kind of service and, and make the most use of it. Yeah, exactly. That is where my point earlier with the documentations came into place. Because if you don't have the documentation of workflows of break the glass scenarios and all this stuff, the managed service company cannot do it themselves, maybe because they need to access stuff. They don't know where it is and all this stuff. So yeah, as you said, it's very important. Where do you see that? Where would you say, okay, which applications or business functions will need a very high SLA, very high response time? Or where can, would you say, yeah, that, that's more stuff that can be covered under daytime support, what you usually do? Or what, what do we see from our customers? Yeah, we need to split it into two different topics here. We have on one hand, the business critical application, where a lot of security applications are in. If we take the example from earlier with the privilege account management, that is a tool which is very centralized due to the obligations, laws and all this stuff. And people need to get access to the passwords on weekends, on the evenings, on the day works and all this stuff. So it is a very important application where it's very important to have the high availability. So the SLAs are very high and the people needs to respond within minutes more likely. If you take the other ones like I don't know, printers or laptops, as an example, that might be enough if it's solved in the next days or during the business hours, because then it's consumed and it's not critical for the business itself. But the SLA brings also, or as a high SLA brings always some challenges with it. You need to consider your documents to the where to break the glass and all the stuff is documented. Are they good? Have the people from the managed service access to it that they can do stuff on their own or need they to call somebody? And if it's on Sunday night and they need to call somebody, is there any anybody responding the call and taking care of it? So that is very important on SLAs. Yeah, I think you you raised a really important point there. Just because your managed service offers you 24-7 with, I don't know, 30 minutes response time doesn't necessarily mean that they can solve all your problems, right? So it always depends where the responsibilities are split between the managed services provider and you as the customer. And if your managed services provider delivers you 24-7 service, you as the organization also need to be able to consume that service and respond where required. So if a certain, as Philip mentioned, if a certain set of responsibilities is still in-house for break glass procedures or anything like, you need to have the organizational structure and the processes to be able to respond to an incident on Sunday night, for example. It doesn't help if your people are just working Monday to Friday while your managed service is running 24-7. And if they need someone from your side as the customer, they'll have to wait until Monday morning to solve the problem. So there is always two sides to this and it's very important to be very precise in where responsibilities are split and to where to which extent services are being provided by the managed services provider now i think we covered 
quite a lot on this. And I would say to, to close it off, Philip, what's, what's your key takeaways, like your top three points you would recommend to a customer who thinks about consuming managed services, especially managed security services? I would say if I need to, to point out the three things, that is first is to be very clear on what you expect. So to have a good communication with, with the company, what the expectations are, SLAs, also everything which needs to be inside of the contract, very important. The other thing is to think which application need really managed service. There might be some applications where it would be nice to have, but it's not really necessary if you look on the money side as well. But on critical applications, you can maybe not deliver the 24-7. So that might be a candidate for a managed service. That's the second one. And the third one is, yeah, it's difficult for companies to find the right people, which are expert, technically experts on each and every application. And there it is a very, very good thing to use managed service because you don't need to train. You keep a focus on the important things for the company, on the strategy stuff, on concept and all this kind of things and don't need to spend your whole time on daily business operations. Thanks, Philip. Yeah, I think these are pretty good points to when you start looking at consuming managed services, especially in the cybersecurity field. And maybe one point to add to this, with the move to more and more services, um, cybersecurity products being provided as SaaS solutions, reducing the need for own hosted infrastructure, it makes it even more easier to start introducing managed services step by step. So you don't have to take the full-blown managed service in the beginning. You can start with an easy service when we're saying, okay, events monitoring. You don't have to outsource your full SOC in the beginning if you already have internal analysts. But if you're consuming your SIEM solution through a SaaS solution, the likes of Alien Vault or the others, it is very easy to at least get the operations piece, the day-to-day keeping the wheels spinning and basic configurations as a managed service while you're still doing threat hunting and the analysts work internally. And then over time, you can see how it goes and you can then start moving more and more responsibilities over to your managed services provider if you want to, and therefore taking load off your internal teams and being able to scale easier and increase your security posture. I think in the end, that's the key takeaway. The most important thing is always to think, how can I improve the security posture of my company by different measures, be that consuming managed services, be that improving our processes, or be that adding more people to our own team. And it's always within that field where you need to consider what works best for you. All right, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our first ever episode of our Keys to Your Digital Kingdom podcast. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and we'll hear you very soon again. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media for more.